Hello, welcome to Awaken with Maria Service. Stress less, find yourself, and smile more. This podcast is for high-achieving, multi-talented women or busy moms who are tired of trying to do it all at the expense of relationships, poor sleep, and less joy. Or maybe you're just simply looking for more stress management and resilience tools to navigate life challenges with greater ease. In any case, you're in the right spot. I'm your host, Maria Service, resilience coach, anxiety management specialist, and more, here to help you stress less and smile more. Welcome to Awaken with Maria Service. Stress less, find yourself, smile more. Thank you for joining me. So if you are back, you maybe already listened to episode one. If you are looking for just that overview, a welcome message, who this podcast is for, topics we'll be covering, and an overview of my mission, please feel free to head back to episode one where I covered all of those introduction topics. If you're here and back for episode two, that means you are ready to take a deeper dive into my why, my story, um, and get to know me a little bit better. So oftentimes I feel like our journeys come full circle and I remember almost 10 years ago now is when I started listening to podcasts more regularly and I remember thinking, wow, that would be cool one day to maybe have a podcast and gosh, after quite the journey, here we are. So if you're here, thanks for joining me. Again, the Awaken podcast is here for high achievers, maybe some of you who resonate as being a type A perfectionist. Um, You resonate with working hard, play hard, and you want to lead a vibrant life. My hope here is that I want to help inspire you lead a life that you love, but also one that you don't miss because you're maybe too busy caring for others. Um, Maybe you're too busy working on the next accolade, the next achievement, the next to do. And while I want you to continue to strive for the best, I also don't want you to forget just life's simple moments that are happening in front of you now. So today I will dive in with you on a little bit more about my journey, how I got here, and I hope that it helps um, give you some inspiration. I'll also lead you with some tips on maybe where to go from here for your journey as well. Also know that new to podcasting and recording, I am just recording this all in one shot. I appreciate your patience, your flexibility as you're listening. Um, If I pause, stumble over my words, all the things, we're just going to roll with it. So thank you for being real, being here with me, and listening in. Okay, so for those of you that are listening, I'll just give a little bit of background. Some of you may know me and some may not. My name is Maria Serbis. I'm the host of this podcast. I'm the owner of the Stress Management and Resilience Coaching and Consulting business. I do public speaking and workshops. So you might think, how does one get into this? Well, I actually started out as an occupational therapist. 
I graduated with a master's in OT degree from the University of Minnesota back in 2014. And I would not have thought that, you know, eight years later, I would be doing what I'm doing now. However, I will say that I'm so grateful that in this winding journey, I've been able to have different mentors um, who have kind of lit the way, helped me see that maybe I didn't have to stay in the traditional box of what an OT did or even just the traditional box of what one does after high school. I will say that I feel like there's just a lot of pressure on um, kids. I feel like we're still kids around that 17, 18, and there's a lot of pressure to figure out what do you want to do with the rest of your life. And sure, while people say, you know, you don't have to decide right now, you can take your time. I don't know about you, but I still feel like there's this added pressure, like you got to get it right, you know, and you got to know what you're going to do. And if you don't, you kind of feel like a failure. So Like many others, I'm from a small rural town in Minnesota. I grew up in a small town called Fairfax, Minnesota. It's over near Redwood Falls in New Ulm, Minnesota, um, in southwest area. And I would just say that many of us, those of us who you'd maybe call, let's say, the high achievers of the class, I guess I'm just saying, like, we felt like we had to figure it out. We felt like we had to have a path clear. Um, So... My mom was a nurse, and she came from the medical field, and I saw how passionate she was about that, and so I thought, okay, I can do something in the healthcare field that seemed like it'd be a good fit. So I investigated different careers. I knew nursing wasn't quite right for me, and I landed on occupational therapy. Actually, if I'm being real, I think I landed on optometry now that I think about it. I thought I wanted to be an eye doctor. So I actually started out, um, started college. I went for my freshman year at St. Ben's um, in St. Joseph, Minnesota. It's near St. Cloud. And I started out with what I thought was going to be early courses to go to optometry school. In my first year of college, I actually worked at an optical center, so Shopco Optical. And while I enjoyed this job and the experience helping out an eye doctor, I found that There was not enough day-to-day variety in helping people just, you know, are your eyes better, worse, or about the same? It just, it didn't quite speak to me. So I said, nope, that's not for me. So I ended up doing some more shadowing and landed on occupational therapy. I will say around that same time as I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life, a few events happened where it became really evident that I maybe didn't have enough resilience tools in my toolbox. And I think the Maria of back then, the Maria from, you know, back in college days, I didn't even know what tools were. Like, I suppose back then it was, I think the messaging was more on, you know, be healthy, get moving, how are you eating, which is great. To be honest, those are tools that I started with. Um, And I think that they're staples. I I think we should be conscious about how am I fueling my body? And that doesn't mean perfect. It just means being more conscious and mindful of that. And absolutely, I'm a huge um, proponent of exercise and movement. But I will say back then, I just, those are the main tools that I was aware of. And I am so excited that over the last eight years, I've unraveled so many other tools that I can add to my toolbox, and now I help other women do the same. All right, so we go back to the college days. Again, there was just that 
little pressure to kind of figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And I think there's just this message that you got to get it right because this is the thing that you're going to be doing for the rest of your life. This is job, J-O-B, career, whatever that is. Um, You know, I think I just wanted to be able to find joy from whatever I did or a sense of purpose and fulfillment. However, as I mentioned, in those same college years, I was just going through a lot of different things, whether it was from realizing that college courses um, are a little bit more difficult, there's not as much structure as there is in high school, and I really had to work on setting up good routines, you know, figuring out what's a good study environment for me, how do I study best, and learning that I had to maybe lean into asking for help more often than I was used to. I will say that high school came pretty easily for me, um, or I, I always just felt comfortable, I guess, kind of reaching out if, if I didn't because it was a small town. But then in college, I feel like it got really scary, like figuring out who do I ask for help? Where do I turn to if I'm struggling? Um, does that mean that I'm a failure? Like all my other peers, they seem to be just getting it. So you think, you tell yourself a lot of things. So there was that type A perfectionism um, with some underlying anxiousness that was starting to creep up. Along with that, I lost my cousin to brain cancer. Um, She was just a few weeks before her 18th birthday. She passed. Um, It was my mom's side of the family. We were pretty close growing up. She was someone that was a regular in my life. We would regularly see each other at holidays along with other just cousin events um, that we would do together. That was really tough to see. Um, It was, I found out during one of my labs, um, one of my hardest bio or science labs back in my freshman year is when I learned that she had passed. And I I wasn't a stranger to death, shall we say. Um, Growing up, there was a fair amount of deaths that happened in our family. I come from two big families, whether it was, you know, great grandparents passing as a kid or growing up, a few other tragic accidents had happened. My cousin had lost her husband. Um, different family members or family friends had unfortunately passed from cancer. So funerals weren't new to me, but going through and losing someone that young, um, watching that struggle, just watching what it did to the family, um, our family just in general, it, it was hard. And I I didn't have tools, and I didn't know how to manage and sit with that grief. Then I did make another transition back in those years. I actually switched um, colleges, so I transferred from the College of St. Ben's to St. Cloud State University. And I feel like part of it was that I knew I was struggling kind of emotionally with, with the passing of my cousin and... I think just wanting to be a little bit closer to familiarity. And so I, I actually had a few friends from college or friends from high school, I should say, that also went to St. Cloud State. And even one of my good friends, she actually invited me to come live with her. So that sounded familiar. It sounded comforting. It sounded like something that I could use at that time. I don't think I really realized it, but I was leaning into a tool um, connection. And so I switched And I will say that for the most part, it was for the better. I really enjoyed my time um, at St. Cloud State University. 
I also switched jobs. I started working at St. Cloud Hospital, found some great coworkers. All of these different things started bringing me more joy. But I still had some underlying anxiousness that I think was also ramped up. Um, I want to say it was my sophomore or junior year. I lived in a big house, and one evening our house was broken into, and my room, everything had been gone through. I remember I came home after a work shift, and I usually got done with work around 1130 midnight, and my whole room was trashed. There was things everywhere. My TV was taken. My laptop was taken. And for some reason, the most unsettling thing was that my school planner was taken. So that's that was my schedule. It's where I had everything, all my classes, where I would be and when. And even though I was told that it was part of a kind of like a gang initiation for up there, so it's not like they were more interested in the stuff, like the TV and the laptop, there was still a part of me that was afraid. I think I was nervous that someone was going to be following me. Someone was going to, you know, they knew where my classes were. So that was unsettling. And many of these things led up to early on needing to seek out some help because I was having panic attacks at night where I would try to fall asleep. And they say, you know, focus on your breath, try to calm down. But to be honest, when I focused on my breath, it just kicked up a panic attack. It's like the more I thought about breathing, I would overthink it. I would get into like a weird pattern of breathing and then I'd be like gasping for air. And it was a really nasty cycle. And it was around this time when I went in, saw a primary care provider, and I didn't really get a lot of guidance. Um, Stress management, resilience, anxiety tools were just not as heard of maybe back then or I, you know, I didn't seek out the right guidance. So they kind of just told me maybe start exercising, start eating right. Um, You know, they offered like an anxiety med, but ultimately that was kind of it. And I, I still felt kind of lost. So I will say it's around this time that I started just listening to different podcasts. I did start to try to intentionally move more. I'm going to the local gym on on campus along with just started making some more conscious, um, healthier eating choices. Little did I know that my journey would take me in a few years to learning more stress management and resilience tools and even becoming an anxiety management specialist. I'm so glad that I'm equipped with more tools now, and I really want to help others do the same. So that is the beginning of my journey. I am not someone who is typically Zen. I am not a type B person. I'm not a go with the flow. (laughs) So I want you to know that if you're listening to this podcast, you don't have to be either. We all go at different paces. Um... A little bit about me is that I am an Enneagram 2, Wing 3. And so if you know a few things about the Enneagram, I am the helper with a strong wing for wanting to be a high achiever. So I find value in helping others and in my achievements. And I will say if you resonate with either of those statements or if you know what you are on the Enneagram and maybe you're in that 2, 3 area as well, What I want you to know is that you can very quickly lose yourself in those endeavors. And I know I did. I know that I thought that if I just got all the good grades, landed, quote unquote, a dream job with a good salary and got through school, I figured by 
ticking the boxes, by achieving the things, by helping others out, that happy would just come. Or that calm would just come. And it didn't. It didn't until I intentionally started using tools. So I will fast forward to a little bit later in my journey. So I finished college, finished undergrad, um, applied for graduate school for occupational therapy, got into the University of Minnesota, and we had the option to be on Twin Cities or Rochester campus. And coming from a small town of a thousand people, Rochester was more appealing for sure. So I went the Rochester route. Uh, my husband, or well, my now husband, but my boyfriend at the time and I moved to Rochester, really enjoyed this community, or we have and are really enjoying this community. But it was during this time then that after graduation from OT school, I found myself in that similar boat and under pressure to figure out what I wanted to do and find or land the dream job so that I could then finally, quote unquote, be happy. And it's not that the college years weren't good and weren't happy, but I think I just had this idea in my head that, you know, once you, quote unquote, get the guy, get the job, you know, get settled, then that's it. Happiness follows. So I just thought I could just check the boxes and it would come. And I realized that this journey of life that we're on, we can be so much more intentional of slowing down and finding moments of joy and creating calm for ourselves, so that whatever stage of life we're in or whatever life throws at us, we still have these tools and this ability to find joy and smile more versus waiting for the circumstances to be just right or waiting to land the dream job or waiting to find the guy, whatever it is you've been waiting for to finally just pause and live your life. I am here to encourage you that you don't have to keep waiting. You can start right now, no matter the circumstances. So I have bounced around to a couple different occupational therapy jobs because I really kept trying to find the right setting, like, quote unquote, what would make me happy. And the second job that I landed in my career was working as an OT at Mayo Clinic here in Rochester. And I am extremely grateful that we live in this city with the number one um, hospital, and it's a great institution. And I thought that by landing an OT job, that was my ticket. Happiness would follow. Every day would be like a rose. (laughs) And it wasn't. So I worked on the acute care side at St. Mary's Hospital. And I will say, like, I worked with and under some excellent occupational therapy mentors. I am so grateful for my time there and all that I learned, the opportunities that were afforded me, the different areas that I was trained into, whether it was from the ICU to the cardiac floors to general medicine to ortho. I got to see so much and learn so much. But the essence of what I was doing wasn't bringing me joy. And not only that, I was definitely more frustrated going in, sometimes just seeing, well, you know, sick people, people there who, quite frankly, didn't always want to do therapy. (laughs) They just wanted to recover from whatever they were in the hospital for. And while some of my friends had a great knack for 
having someone, you know, who wasn't feeling well, get up and be all chipper for their therapy session. That was a hard vibe for me to hit. What I did find that I enjoyed doing in the hospital, and this was the early stages of kind of my business now, is that no matter what floor I was on or what clients that I was seeing, everybody had emotional struggles. So I really enjoyed kind of putting on an investigator cap. And as part of my job as an OT, it's always finding out people's stories, their routines, what brought them into the hospital, what did they want to do when they leave as part of their recovery. And under all of that, learning that maybe right before hospitalization, they were feeling really stressed and burnt out, or maybe they were feeling really depressed and having a hard time getting out of bed. Or maybe this was someone who lived with anxiety all the time, and they lived with anxiousness at work, at home, they didn't have tools, and maybe even what landed them in the hospital, not always, but maybe, that high stress and high anxiety is what contributed to that heart attack or that stroke. I'm just saying that I realize the emotional struggles really do play out and people who don't have tools were less resilient. They struggled more. And I just really enjoyed, I know that sounds silly, but I enjoyed listening to their stories. But more than that, it's when the wheel started turning. It's once this person leaves the hospital, how can I help them then? How can we start building healthier habits, routines, building people's toolkits so they feel more equipped to what life throws at them? So from there, realizing that Mayo Clinic may not be where my forever career home was going to be, it definitely gave me some nuggets to chew on, some things to think about. So from there, I started working with a holistic OT that I found up in the cities. She helped me start my own resilience journey so I could equip myself with tools while also learning tools that I could share with my OT clients. And in this journey is when I started pulling back the layers of me. I started even seeing myself as a more whole and grounded being outside of my perfectionism, outside of my type A tendencies or my desire to please and help others, I started to get to know me again. And that was freeing. And that's when I started to know that my journey may not end with an OT career, but that I will always use this OT lens and my passion and drive to help others in whatever endeavor that I'm doing. And also that Even during the shifts and the ups and the downs, I feel more equipped now that I have tools to manage this. So I want to leave you in this episode two with a couple tips now that I've shared a little bit about my journey, my why, how I came to be here, and some tips maybe for you wherever you are on your journey. So tip number one, find a mentor. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, don't be too proud to ask for help, whether it's formal or informal. To be honest, one of my early quote-unquote mentors, just a positive, fun, personal development person at the time who now 
does more business coaching, so I still follow her because she's awesome, is Shaleen Johnson. She has her own podcast called The Shaleen Show that I recommend you also check out. Um, so she was like an early informal mentor, but then a more formal one later on came to be Emmy Vadness, who's a holistic OT, and she really helped me on my journey. Um, number two, tip number two, wherever you are in your journey, don't forget that this is a holistic journey. And I know that that word gets overused, but I truly mean that in order to live your best life, one that you feel more connected to your authentic you, is that don't forget looking at the whole picture. And that can feel like a lot, but at the end of the day, your life, it's not just equipped of just your career things that you accomplish or just the things that you accomplish with your family, or just the things that you do for personal care. It's all of those things comprised together. And so when we can think more holistically about what do I need to feed feed my mind, my body, and my soul, that's when you can really start moving the needle. And with that said, it's sometimes just starting with one thing at a time. So on my journey, At different stages, I've prioritized different areas, but I always try to keep the whole picture in mind. And the third tip, and maybe this is more of a reminder, is whatever you're working on, whatever you're striving for on this life journey, it takes time. So oftentimes your mind is going to wish that it was just here now. You wish that you could just find yourself now or you wish you were at this place you maybe want to be in your career, in family, in personal life, whatever that is. And I'm here to remind you that all of it takes time, but time's going to pass anyways. So you might as well just start moving the needle in one area. Take some steps in a direction that you want to go. And remember, you can always change directions. You can always change paths. The time will pass. Just keep going. Thank you so much for listening to episode two, this deeper dive. I would love to hear your thoughts. Please drop a comment or leave me a message. Share with a friend who could maybe use some inspiration if they're on a journey as well. And know that next week in episode three, I'm going to go a little bit deeper into my journey working with a holistic OT and what resilience tools that I found that work best for me and maybe some tools that I use in my coaching practice now as I help other high achievers, whether that's in one-on-one or groups. So we will dive more into that next week. Thank you for being here. My goal is to for sure drop two episodes a month. The schedule will be every other Friday and then my if, if the time allows, and I'm hoping it does, I will try to actually drop an episode once a week on Fridays. So thank you for being here and have a great day. Thank you for joining me today on the Awaken with Maria Service podcast. I appreciate you spending time with me. And if you have a moment, please share with a friend, leave a comment or a review, and hit the subscribe button. Have a great day.